welcome to Who Ate It First, a food history podcast with a twist. I'm Kendall Runquist. And I'm Logan Runquist. So how are you? I am good. How are you? Doing good. I had today off, which was nice. This is uh, MLK Day when we're recording. <laughs> I did not have today off. So I'm having a good time. <laughs> Caffeinated? Ready to go? I'm ready to go. Excellent. So the theme for this week, I was continuing the sort of exploration of foods that have recently entered into the American zeitgeist within the last few decades, but are not distinctly American. So it's something that you and I love to enjoy is delicious boba tea. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> so we do good. love boba. We love it. And I was very curious about the history of it just because there's so many shops around. They just kind of appeared one day, it feels like. Boba tea definitely isn't a universal yum. I know not everyone actually likes boba in the bottom of their cup. It even took you a little bit to get into it. It did. It's definitely a weird thing to eat something that is in your drink. And I wasn't exposed to boba tea until college, which was 2011 or so. I was just curious when people sort of had their first instance of boba tea. I guess in our sort of suburbs where we grew up, we didn't really have any boba tea shops. I We have one now. In like high school and stuff, we didn't have one. That's why I was surprised when we went to college, our little town, it had a couple, which was really cool. So that's where I was first introduced to it. But I think it was getting popu more popular around when we were in college. Yeah, at least in Texas. Yeah, I know it's taken off in like, California and New York and probably bigger hubs, but in Texas, I feel like it didn't really take off until like like 2010s time. So yeah, sound off in the Instagram when I post the boba tea when you first tried boba tea, either the year or how old you were. I didn't like it the first time I had it. A friend introduced me to it and she was like, this thing is all the rage. It's wild. You have to try it. And she got me a taro flavor. Taro root is purple and it's like a slushy. And so she made me try that. And I was like, what in the world am I drinking? <laughs> it wasn't and a milk tea variety. It was not a milk tea. It was a taro, taro slush, I remember specifically. And she was like, it's so great. It's so good. It's like, you know, I think she was having it as her lunch because it's a slushy. It's a little heavier. And I was like, this thing is nasty, girl. I don't know what you just fed me, but this is so gross. And you kind of almost choke on it the first time because you don't, you can't really tell when the little boba's in the straw. Oh, yeah. So I almost choked on the thing. You haven't developed the skill yet. It, there's a skill. There's a skill set to it for sure. What about boba tea is so great? And why did it become something that is now so commonplace in America? So as you might have guessed, boba tea is not American. It's actually from Taiwan. I'm just going to do a blanket disclaimer up top. I cannot pronounce anything in this episode, <laughs> and I am very sorry. I don't know anybody that speaks Taiwanese, so I listen to a bunch of pronunciations, and I'm going to try my best. So blanket apology. Here we go. Boba culture started in the late 80s. Its origins are debated. Milk tea was already well known in Taiwan as tea drinking was a robust practice in East Asia. 
I wanted to talk a little about why the origins are debated. Again, like most things on our podcast, the history is murky. And the article I'm summarizing is from taipeitimes.com. So in the 80s in Taiwan, something called bubble tea, quite different from the drink we know today, was all the rage. Made with either black tea or green tea, brewed tea was sweetened with sugar syrup and shaken with ice in a cocktail shaker to both chill the tea and produce a copious amount of bubbly froth at the top like a head on a beer. The shaking was initially done by hand, but later machines were developed. At some point in time, chewy tapioca balls were added to this bubble tea, resulting in pearl milk tea, the familiar drink we know today. So two rival Taiwanese tea house chains. Here we go. Han Lin in Tainan and Chun Shua Xiang in Taicheng lay claim to conceiving the beverage. So Han Lin Tea Room insists that it came up with the idea in 1986 when its founder, I'm going to call him Tu. I'm very sorry, I can't even attempt the last name. He spotted white-colored tapioca balls on sale in Tainan's night market. Tu had a sudden flash of inspiration and bought some of the balls and brought them home. And after cooking them through, he added them to some milk tea. He found the texture pleasing and soon christened the new beverage pearl milk tea on account of the pearlescent, translucent white tapioca balls in the bottom. To this day, customers at any branch of Hanlin Tea Room can choose between either the original white tapioca balls or the more common black variety made with brown sugar. So upon Googling boba tea, Hanlin is the one that pops up maybe a little more frequently. However, Chun Shui Chiang maintains that it is the true inventor of the beverage, which it says was created by a then 20-year-old female employee, Lin, not, not attempting the last name, in the following year in 1987. One day at the tea house, Lin experimented by mixing her favorite childhood snack, tapioca balls, with iced milk tea and also lemon black tea to produce what the company claims was the world's first cup of pearl milk tea. The two companies became locked in a bitter dispute following lawsuits against each other and the whole nine. However, since neither one was able to successfully patent or trademark their product or recipes, Boba just kind of exploded and pearl milk tea was featured on menus of Taiwan's many tea houses, which became popular hangouts for students and businessmen to relax and converse. And this is kind of like coffee shop vibes before coffee shops took off. With the introduction from abroad of machines that automatically seal the top of cups with a thin film of plastic, the modern takeaway version of the beverage was born. So there is also another theory. Bubble tea's earliest incarnation could be traced back to the days of the British Empire. Those dang Brits. They just really like to show up in our podcast out of nowhere. They just are coming out of left field. Apple pie? British. Boba tea, something I definitely wouldn't have guessed British. Maybe British. That is a theory. So in British Malaya, modern day Singapore and Malaysia, an iced drink slash dessert, usually called Senadal or Chenadal, began to be drank to beat the tropical heat. Brightly colored, worm-like, gelatinous strands. <laughs> I'm already grossed out. Worm-like? 
worm-like gelatinous strands. You like that? No. (laughs) Worm-like gelatinous strands. Excuse me while I go throw up. (laughs) Usually made from rice flour or sago or sago are added to coconut milk, which has been sweetened with sugar combined with ice to make a refreshing drink or snack. It is thought that Senegal may have been inspired by locals observing British expatriates. Expatriates. British expats adding milk to their tea and may have originated in port cities such as Malacca or Penyang. Again, sorry for the pronunciation. Where refrigeration technology from British ships could have provided the ice. So today, Senegal is drunk from across Southeast Asia, including Thailand, Vietnam, and Indonesia, and when served in a tall glass, bears an uncanny resemblance to Taiwan's bubble tea. So meanwhile, chewy tapioca balls, called fenyuan in Chinese, somehow made their way to Taiwan from abroad, possibly via China, after being presented to Empress Dowager Cixi as tribute, and began to be used as an ingredient in sweet snacks, at Taiwanese night markets. Contrary to the competing claims of the tea houses, perhaps the original bubble tea is to be found in Taiwan's night markets. Anyway, whoever created it first, both shaved ice and tapioca balls were considered common desserts in Taiwan in the 80s. At some point, someone, either in the tea houses, someone from the British Empire, or someone in the night market, thought to combine all three of those together, put the balls on the bottom, layer of shaved ice, and milk tea to fill out the rest of the drink, and somebody called it boba tea. This is funny. You're going to like this. The tea became known as boba because the term is slang for boobies (laughs) in Chinese due to their round shape. (laughs) Boobies! Oh, man. I have a new perspective on boba tea. I got to get me some of that booby tea. Oh, my God. We have to go to a boba place right now and ask for booby tea. I'd like my tea with boobies. I read that and I was like, Kendall is going to love this fact. It's the best fact we've had on the show. <laughs> I don't know how they translated that like from Chinese, but I guess it's, you know, just slang. So <laughs> I've been saying boobies this whole time and didn't even know. If you take away nothing from this episode, there it is. That's the only thing That's I've taken it. away. I've forgotten all the other history you just yeah. said. It's not important. <laughs> no. Anyway, boba boba evolved over time as it grew more widespread throughout Taiwan. Stall owners started including fruit boba using fruit powders and syrups instead of actual fruit because that was too expensive and it rotted quickly. Even in classic boba, the milk in the milk tea was swapped out for non-dairy creamer. And as a result, the drink became known for its incredibly sweet and creamy taste. And now most places like a gong cha or kung fu or ding tea allow you to customize the level of flavor or sweetness now that we use syrups and powders. And as to why it's so popular, one reason simply is because it's so 
Instagrammable. It's pretty to look at. It's really cute. Like the little balls in the bottom is like, it's so cute. It also comes in many different colors, toppings, combinations. I had one that was blue one time. It had regular milk and had blue spirulina in it and it turned it like sky blue. It was (laughs) wild. Yeah, that makes sense. There's even like the ding tea that we go to near us has, I think a lot of them have this, but there's like a wall that you can literally do Instagram pictures of. And I always see like some random teenager taking about 20, 30 photos on the wall to get that perfect shot with their, with their booby tea. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also it's really unique and tasty and people love unique foods and it can also be a dessert or a snack in addition to quenching thirst. It's affordable and Maybe in addition to being Instagrammable, it's also been made somewhat of a pop culture icon. So you can have boba clothing, boba plushies, tech accessories, stickers. Also not me holding my boba plushie. (laughs) Because he's so cute. (laughs) Anyway, it looks like this trend is here to stay. With that said, let's go make some. All right, let's go make some boobies. So, we're not actually in the kitchen this time. No, we're not. We actually did it already. (laughs) (laughs) We did, just due to our scheduling and how we were going to be able to get this podcast episode out. We actually, this time around just recorded our recording now uh but we actually did the boba stuff already which is a good thing because honestly we messed up like real big like we messed up real bad and i needed at least an hour to try to fix it but you did recover thanks i mean we'll get to that for the most part so i can read off the recipe. Now, I will be throwing my two cents and the caveats in there in terms of mistakes that we made and how we fixed it, but just to read off what we used first. I'll be using a recipe by BuzzFeed's Tasty because it made two servings. And BuzzFeed Tasty is normally pretty good. So I was like, yeah, let's use this. It said the authors were inspired from walking around at night markets in Taiwan specifically. So I thought this might be pretty legit. So for the boba pearls, you're gonna need a third of a cup of water, a fourth of a cup of dark muscovado sugar or brown sugar. We used brown sugar and three quarters of a cup of tapioca flour plus a little bit more for dusting or if your dough is too watery. So honestly, (laughs) just keep the bag there. Keep it by you. You're probably going to need more. (laughs) Keep that handy. So for the syrup, the syrup that coats the boba pearls, dark brown sugar uh, syrup, you're going to need one cup of either brown sugar or dark muscovado sugar and one cup of water. And we're doing a tea base. You can obviously just use milk if you want to, but we did tea. So for the black tea mixture, it's two cups of water and six bags of black tea. 
And the milk mixture that we used was three tablespoons half and half and three tablespoons sweetened condensed milk. Now you used lactose-free or dairy-free. Half and half. Half and half. There we go. Yeah. yeah it was a combination of, I forget what the brand was, but it Califia. was- Califia. It was Califia and it was half coconut cream and almond milk. And that was- Good. That added another flavor profile. It was good. Yeah. And it had the same kind of thickness that you get from normal half and half. So it was quite nice. So it's not entirely dairy free because we did use the sweetened condensed milk. Obviously, you can eliminate that. I don't know if they make dairy free sweetened condensed milk. Not that I saw anyway. Yeah. Not at least at our grocery store. Maybe on the internet somewhere. Yeah. And speaking of, that's how we found the tapioca flour. So step one is to make the boba pearls. We added water and brown sugar into a pan over medium high heat. Cook the sugar until it dissolves and the mixture comes to a boil about three to four minutes. It said bring it to a boil, but when we did and we put the tapioca flour in there, the initial bit of it, it cooked the tapioca flour almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually wouldn't recommend getting it to boiling. We got it to where it was starting to steam yeah, a little bit. But not boil. Yeah. And then we put the tapioca flour, the initial tapioca flour in there, and we're able to get it much uh, smoother consistency. There we go. So that should take between three and four minutes. And after that, you're going to add the tapioca flour and cook, stirring the entire time until it's smooth. You'll only use about a half of it to start with. And then once it looks pretty smooth, kind of the consistency of mayonnaise peanut butter, pretty smooth. You're going to want to dump the rest of that flour in there. It's not going to incorporate all the way, but that's okay. And you turn the heat off. Turn the heat off. Yeah. Add remaining tapioca flour and stir vigorously until a sticky dough forms. Turn the heat off, stir the dough together into a ball and let it cool a little bit because Kendall pulled it out of the thing and he's like, oh, it's just hot. (laughs) It will be hot when it comes out of the pan. Put your dough onto a clean surface Knead it until all the flour is incorporated and the dough is smooth, adding either more flour or more water as needed if the dough is too sticky or too dry. So it should neither be sticky nor dry. It should be a nice like dough. (laughs) So we had ours way too sticky. It was way too sticky. So we kept that that bag of flour right there. Keep incorporating it. And I think the dough turned out good. Once we kept doing that. Divide your dough into two portions. Roll the dough into long, thin ropes around a fourth of an inch thick, cutting in half crosswise if they get too long. Cut the ropes into a quarter of an inch pieces. I think that's actually a little too big. I would go smaller. And roll each piece into a ball and place it in a bowl with a bit of tapioca flour Pro tip, put tapioca flour on your hands (laughs) while you're rolling that. Otherwise, it will stick. And dust the balls with the flour to prevent them from sticking to each other in that bowl and while they're boiling. Capiche? Capash. The other thing, too, we only used half of that dough. Yeah. It was a lot of dough. (laughs) It was a lot. So just a heads up, this might be too much dough for what you're doing. Or it might be the right amount. I don't know. I don't know how much boba you want in your bottom. But for us, it was about half too much TBH. 
Maybe we did something wrong. IDK. But we measured correctly. It just yielded a ton of dough. So now you're going to bring a large pot of water to a boil. Shake off any excess flour from the pearls, then add it to the boiling water. Stir to separate the pearls, making sure they don't stick together. Then reduce the heat to medium-low. Simmer gently, stirring occasionally for about 20 to 30 minutes until cooked through. I want to note the 30 minutes. You want your boba to be translucent. Here is what I messed up on. BuzzFeed didn't say this. In addition to watching a bunch of videos for this, I when I messed up a little bit later, I had to find someone to help me. And so on YouTube, Joshua Weissman made a perfect boba tea from scratch video. And he said, using a very similar dough recipe, your boba has to be translucent. So 20 to 30 minutes, I emphasize on the 30 minutes because I did not long enough. Meanwhile, while that is cooking, you're going to make your brown sugar syrup. So add your brown sugar and water to a small saucepan. This says medium heat. I say high heat, baby. You crank up that heat. Maybe not initially, but once all your sugar is dissolved, you want to crank up that heat. It says reduce slightly five to seven minutes. I say crank that heat up, cook it on high five to seven minutes. You want this to be syrupy. Here's where I messed up. It was way too loose. And then I did all the subsequent steps after and everything just kind of snowballed from here. Don't do what I did. Make it really thick from right here because otherwise it's not going to stick to your boba balls and it's not going to be the right color and just things are going to go downhill. It need to be a lot thicker than what we first had. Like thick with three C's thick. You know what I'm saying? So cool. Now that you've not done what I did and yours is real, real thick, pour your syrup into a heat proof bowl. And assuming now your boba pearls are cooked all the way through, you're going to rinse and drain with cold water and add the pearls to your bowl with the brown sugar syrup and let them sit in that syrupy goodness for 30 to 60 minutes. And that's where the magic happens. And while that is chilling, make the black tea mixture. In a medium pot over high heat, combine the water and the tea bags bring to a boil. Remove the pan from the heat and let the tea cool to room temperature. There was obviously six bags of caffeine, I mean tea, (laughs) in this. And I am currently starting to get really jazzed and I'm about to go run around the block. And I am trying not to talk too fast, but I'm about ready to run a marathon. I felt my blood sugar spike. I could actually feel it after drinking this. So you guys, I'm about ready to both write a memoir, run a marathon, and take a nap at all at the same time. And it just it's a lot of yeah. feelings. I think I'm starting to hit that sugar crash. Are we okay? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so your tea is cooling. Excellent. Step eight, you're going to make the milk mixture in a small bowl or liquid measuring cup whisk together. Your half and half and sweeten condensed milk until combined. And step number nine is assemble. Add about a third of a cup of boba pearls or however much you want. No judgment. I added a little bit more than that for mine. Then you're going to top with ice and then add your black tea, a half a cup of black tea and three tablespoons of the milk mixture. You're going to stir with a wide opening straw, then serve. That was pretty much it. The recipe is simple. And the instructions are simple, 
But hear me when I say this recipe is not easy by any means. All right. Well, we are going to jump in Raver Roast and talk about how it turned out. Woo! How do you think this stacks up to the big leagues like Ding Tea, Kung Fu, or Gong Cha? So I'll be honest, like I, I think it what you did turned out really good. And definitely, oh, my save, you mean? <laughs> Trying to yeah, save this yeah, from you the saved trash it, can? Yeah, we almost just stopped cooking it because it was not looking good. But you managed to save it, and that was really impressive. But even still, this was so much work, in my opinion. Y'all, you should it see took, our kitchen. Yeah, our kitchen's a mess. It took forever. I don't, like, I was hoping it would be shorter, and it was a little shorter than when we did the dehydrated thing, but it didn't feel like that much shorter. Yeah. Because it still took forever to cook, and then you needed to, like, let it sit in the syrup for an hour. Yeah. It, it's just, like, this is a snack. <laughs> yeah. Slash drink. Like, I, I would not do this again, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's, it tastes fine. I'm sure we didn't do the boba perfectly, you know, having somebody who's done it a lot, I'm sure they can make much better boba. Yeah. And if, and if someone out there, if you've done it better and you can recognize like some stuff that we did wrong, like, please tell me. <laughs> it was good. So I'll give you that. I'll, I would say in terms of like taste and stuff, I'd probably say like an eight out of 10 mm -hmm. when it comes to the amount of time commitment versus like output, what you get out of it. I don't know, like a, four out of ten maybe <laughs> yeah i would much rather just go over to our favorite ding tea and pick it up and be done with it yeah it's and like have, right down the street from us yeah and and have a much better boba tea experience because we can get our different drinks that we like and i like to add like coffee jellies in it so i'll get that and the boba and then just like their normal signature milk tea and it's delicious yeah. Or sometimes we get like their smoothies that are really good. Y'all, I am exhausted. My back hurts. I need to clean the kitchen. I am sticky. I need to shower because there there is sugar syrup on my face, on my hands, I'm sure in my hair. Yeah. Y'all, I'm looking rough. <laughs> so what about you? I agree. I would say probably eight out of 10 chef's kisses. It was pretty darn good. I think we also kept the tea bags in there too long that it started to make the tea bitter that was my bad because i got distracted by trying to fix the stupid boba and syrup combo yeah it was a rough recipe it's such a wild mix like you're kind of baking because you're dealing with a dough yes but you're making a drink yes it is such a confusing thing that i'm still not sure what we made did we we baked kind of we cooked we, it made, was, <laughs> but it what came out was a drink. But then you also eat it. It was I don't know. It was almost a surreal experience that I'm like kneading dough to yeah. make a drink. Yeah, it was wild. I, this has not made me like not like boba any less. Like I still love boba, and I definitely want to go get some. Yeah, I hate respect to the pros. Yeah, respect to the shops because there's some there's been some automation into this. I would imagine. Perhaps in, in the cutting and the sizing, because I notice all the boba pieces are very symmetrical Consistent, and yeah. perfectly spherical. I would imagine it doesn't take gong cha and share tea and 
kung fu doesn't take them four hours. I think that I think that I got all of my opinions out. Are I you okay now? Else. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm clutching my boba plushie because we had basically like a religious experience here, and it was just <laughs> we're we're better. We're we came out stronger people, I would say. Yeah. So. Yeah, my conclusion is it tasted good, but I'm never going to do it again, and I don't recommend anyone else to do it <laughs> unless you are really gung-ho and want to go for it, then, you know, by all means. Otherwise, just go support your local boba place. Yeah, support small businesses. Support your local. Definitely do it. Yeah, because they'll do it better. <laughs> they'll, yeah, they'll probably do it better than you. No offense. So that's all I had to say on it. Anything else you got? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired and I, I'm sticky. Well, thank you for tuning in to Who Ate It First. If you like our podcast, please help us out by following our Instagram account to see some behind the scene pictures or by leaving us a review. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a food you'd like us to do an episode on or a funny food story you'd like to share with us, then email us at whoateitfirst at gmail.com. We might share it in one of our future episodes. Once again, I am Kendall Rehnquist. And I'm Logan Rehnquist. And it has been delicious. It's been delicious and tiring. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.